TV Campfire Podcast. I was like, yep, okay, so you win for the week. <laughs> We're here. I hate to sound like a broken road. Oh, no! We're fans. It's one of the best things on television. Oh! oh! All right, you got to hold it. Oh, no, you didn't. We talk TV. That was the best scene ever. Like, that I, blew I, me away. It was absolutely amazing. I just couldn't believe it. Welcome to the show. This is podcast number 439, and I am Libby, your host, and this week we have returning guests. Hi, I'm Tom, and I'm executive director of screenwriting at Azusa Pacific University in Los Angeles. Hi, I'm Greg, digging out of snow in St. Louis, Missouri, TV <laughs> enthusiast. <laughs> Hi, this is Allison, and I write reviews for Weedonopolis. Hi, this is Yusan, and I'm a costume designer and a TV enthusiast. Woohoo! All right. Happy New Year! Welcome to the first podcast of 2020. All right. And this is going to be weird because we haven't had a podcast for a couple weeks because there wasn't a lot of TV. So what we're going to do is wrap up all the stuff that dropped uh, at the end of the year, all the streaming services. And and then we're going to pick up on the couple of shows that premiered this week, which was not a lot. Um, so let's get started. Uh, let's start off with the news. Um, Chucky is going to have a TV series on sci-fi. That show oh, none no. of us asked for. There's that... no reason for that. <laughs> what? You I don't want think... to see a killer doll kill people every week? No. <laughs> I mean, really, you know, it's like, gee, I wonder what's going to happen this week. <laughs> Chucky's going to kill someone. Speaking yeah, of killing okay. people, I don't know. Silence of the Lambs is getting a spinoff called Clarice, which is Ooh. a go for CBS. So, oh. well, at least Clarice is not going to be killing people, but, you know, yeah. it's, I think it's her early years is learning to be a profiler, or maybe it'll be after no, no, she's it, a profiler. It's, I, I, I it's, heard it's, it was going to be a sequel, actually, which yeah. is weird because the movies post, did do a sequel. It's post-Silence of the Lambs set in 1993. And they have to be specific because you can't step on the sequels. Okay. All right. Casting is everything. Uh, The Rock is going to star in an NBC comedy called Young Rock. Where the Young Rock? The Young Rock. Our Rock. rock, Yes, the Rock. The Rock. rock, That guy. Yes. It will. He's going to be a pebble. It's going to. He's going to be a what now? A pebble. It is going to be. Uh, it is Rock going to be baby. his young, his young life. It's autobiographical. Right, so he's going to be a pebble. <laughs> that, stop. Stop. <laughs> You're young banned. Sheldon, it's young like a dead joke. <laughs> yeah. Young Sheldon has started a trend because they were the first ones. And then we got young, then we got mixed dish and now we're getting the young rock. Uh, and it, it has been, it's going to be a limited series, 11 episodes. Um, New Amsterdam has been renewed for three seasons. Uh, American Horror Story has been renewed for three seasons. This seems to be a trend. Uh, CW, All the kids are doing it. CW has renewed everything except the shows that were already slated to end. So Supernatural, The 100, and one more show mm, that I'm blanking on that are, that are slated to end this year. Oh, well. Arrow. Roswell? Is it Roswell? No, it's Arrow. Is Arrow. It, wait, so they they cancel Roswell? Roswell? No, everything was renewed except oh, got it. everything. We're going the opposite direction. Got except uh, the one hundred Supernatural and Arrow. Everything else, if you have a question, yes, it's renewed. 
Um, and then the last of the Mohicans is picked up straight to series for HBO Max. That's what I got. Yeah. Go ahead, Tom. What do you have? Okay. AT&T is shuttering the audience network. It's going to transition into an HBO Max preview channel in spring. No word yet on the fate of audience originals, Mr. Mercedes. Uh, Louder I, milk. I heard that they might be going to HBO Max, right? Is that not true? Po- probably. But yeah, Mr. Mercedes aired its finale with no yet word on the fourth season. Louder Mick has been picked up for a third season. And Condor was renewed for a second season. And You, Me, Her was renewed for a fifth and final season. So, yeah, it's, I would presume they're going to go to HBO Max. That makes the most sense. Uh, Disney Plus has confirmed the Lizzie McGuire sequel series is dead. FX's American Crime Story impeachment about Bill Clinton will not air before the 2020 election. HBO has greenlit a Parasite limited series from filmmaker Bong Joon-ho and Adam McKay. They've oh, also seriously? Set a first, yeah. They've also set a first-look deal with the Duplass brothers who made Togetherness. And finally, NBC Universal has nabbed Seth MacFarlane away from Fox for a fat, P-H-A-T, $200 million deal. Not worth it. Yeah, that's true. And I mean, <laughs> I mean guess that makes... Dead and... Does that mean Orville is dead and they want no, to... No, Orville on- went to uh, Hulu. Yeah. I mean, or- I mean if, if Disney if Disney picks up Orville for more seasons, you know, it's kind of like with, with the, the Ish shows. Um, Kenya Barris is working for Netflix, but he still gets paid for, you know, having his name on the Ish shows and has hired pretty good people to run them. Yeah. Well, McFarlane actually stars in... Um... Uh, whatever that show is called, or Orville, yeah, blanked well, they, on it. If they, pick, if they pick it up, he's got a contract. So. Right. Uh, anyway, so let's move on to the shows. First up, we're going to talk about the two-parter Doctor Who that premiered on New Year's Day instead of Christmas. Bad Doctor Who should premiere <laughs> on Christmas. Yes, uh, I agree. Why I wanted a Christmas special. Uh, and you know what? I saw. I heard an interview with both Matt and David, who both actually went on record and said that they were super bummed that there wasn't a Christmas special and that they would totally, totally come back for Christmas specials. I thought that was kind of cool and weird. And they kind of picked themselves. I want David and Jody to do a crossover, a team up. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. Sure. Uh, but uh, all I was going to say is, uh, what did you guys think of the episode, though? It was um, it was the introduction I, I, of the new master and all of that. Go ahead. Here's what I'm going to say about the show. I I thought it was I I don't hate the new version and I say new meaning the last latest, you know, doctor, the latest incarnation with the doctor and three companions. Um and I don't uh dislike Jodie Whittaker either, but I I don't know. I feel like it's just not as fun or as good or as tight as it was in its, I don't know, heyday, like David and Matt, you know, I, I, I really didn't like Matt when it first started. So with this show, I feel like this actual episode, it reminded me a bit of the whole, like the time jump thingy and the placing of the items in anticipation of the future. It kind of reminded me of a poor man's version of Blink. You know, I, I don't know if you guys remember that, but the Weeping Angels. I remember that. 
Yeah. To me, to me, that was literally the best representation of time travel ever. Any medium, any show. Um, it, I remember it blowing my mind and thinking, God, they got it right. No one gets it right. No one gets the time continuum right. Um, I just thought it was brilliant. I mean, I think that's why we all remember the show. So for me, I kind of thought, wait, are they doing that? It, it, like, it wasn't even done that well. So that when they try to explain that that was what's happening, I was like, oh, all right, I guess that's what's happening. Um, so I thought it was a poor imitation as far as the time jumpy thingy. But here's what I will say about this, which I really like. I like when they, and they've done it throughout history, or they've done it before in different episodes. They haven't done it in a while. Um, every once in a while, they definitely do it. I really love when they use real historical characters. I mean, it makes sense because this is a time jump, you know, episode. But I, I love that they highlighted like these female, uh, you know, important people through history and two that I didn't know about. And as a feminist, I feel like mm, I should have known this. Um, and so I loved it. I mean, I literally wikied like while I was watching the show, I hit pause and I was like, wait, who is this? You know, and then I got sucked into a wiki hole and I thought this is a great thing that the show is doing. I think that it's not hit you over the head and I don't think it's like, you know, such social justice warrior like women rule. I just think it highlights something that a lot of people don't know about and characters and people in history. So I thought they did that really well. So that that part I liked. Overall, uh, I didn't love the episode. I'll let someone else go. Yeah, I was about to say, let's move on. Uh, Greg, what did you think? Yeah, um, yeah, hitchhiking off of that, I thought that the historical female characters were way more interesting than the actual companions themselves. And so I was kind of almost hoping uh, for, you know, okay, well, <clears throat> new season, maybe we can discard the three companions and no! bring no! interesting people like onto the TARDIS nope. because they seem to me like way more interesting because. I mean, the whole thing with the, oh, I've got the laser shooting shoe and I've got this little gadget that'll record everything off of your computer. Like the, the companions didn't really have a lot of value. I didn't. You're think. right. They, but that's, that's not the companions. That's not the companions thing. fault. That's the writing's fault. They didn't write the companions anyway. That was it. Well, I'm not saying that the actors are bad or anything. You know, I'm just saying, yeah, the use of the companions. Um, the, the historical figures of the project seem way more interesting than the companions. And so uh, all right, let's, let's move on. Go ahead. I think that the, the, the companions are written terribly. And frankly, I, I don't think that I, the, the only, the only one I like really is Graham. I think that Bradley Walsh is, is the strongest actor of the three of them by far. Oh, and, and the, the other two, they're wallpaper most of the time. I don't find them interesting as performers. And I, I, although I think that maybe she could probably, do something with better material, but I, they're not given better material. They're, they're just there to kind of, you know, be talked at uh, by the doctor and, and they don't really add anything. I, I would so much prefer, you know, to have it pared down to one interesting companion or even no companions. And the doctor just deals with whoever this week, then, then this, this army of really boring people. All right. Let's they, and, and my, my problem with a lot of the most recent Doctor Who, although I'm not as as irritated with these these last season and a bit um, that I was with some of the the earlier stuff with Capaldi, but yeah. I think that the writing is just very weak and very slapdash, and they don't really think a lot of things through, and not a lot of things pay off. And um, you know, I I'm just I'm not I'm not hating it. I just 
I'm kind of bored by a lot of it. Well, let, let's, let's get to, let's get Tom. Tom's been trying to talk. Go ahead, Tom. Here's my issue. I thought part one, parts of part one work better than parts of part two. The pr- the problem with part two is when you separate from the companions with the doctor by themselves, they're not very interesting. And like I think somebody said earlier, it's the doctor's relationship with the companions, except for Bradley, who's awesome. That kind of makes them interesting. The fe- the female historical characters were awesome. It just felt disjointed, and I don't know. It it it, it yeah. I will. It could have you... been stronger. Right. It could have been stronger if it had felt more cohesive. And they, had, yeah. You guys are giving a lot of. Uh, I mean, you're not wrong about the use of the companions, but I will tell you, my problem with this two parter was actually the master. I thought the casting was horrible because. Oh, the, you didn't like him. Oh, I hated him. He was playing someone who was an arch villain who literally was twirling his mustache. And that's not why I like the master. The master's brilliant. He's smart. This guy wasn't smart. He was using some aliens that he knew nothing about to try to further his plans. And he had no idea what they were doing at all or how they worked or anything. Like he was just dumb. And I just, and he was dumb and arrogant and. He was very uninteresting to me, and uh, and they don't explain how Missy became him, um, and it's just oh. I've heard from theories that he's an earlier version before we even get Missy. Okay, but, you fine. Know, yeah, but he, yeah, but they, yeah, that's and that's fine. But I just I, he can go like get rid of him. He was playing it way over the top. I was like, I don't know who. It was like he was in something else that everybody else was in something in a completely different thing, which goes to Tom's thing about being disjointed. All right, now let's move on cuz we've all pooed it. <laughs> um next up, let's talk about uh the series premiere of the new Party of 5. Tom, what do you think? Just real briefly, this is fascinating because when I heard they were remaking Party of 5, I'm like, "Really?" And then the twist is, the, it's a it's a Latino family, and the parents get deported, which adds a fascinating wrinkle to it. It's actually from the creators of the original show, and they brought in uh, a Latino writer to work with them. So, I wasn't full disclosure. I wasn't a huge fan of the original Party of Five. I watched the pilot, and I would pop in for key episodes. But what's interesting is they've kind of played around with the character types, so they're not completely carbon copies of the same characters in the original series. And they're using the uh, political... The political climate is background texture, but it's still the same core story with this interesting twist. And I just think it's fascinating that we've got this trend of rebooting old shows like this in Roswell, New Mexico, with an ethnic twist. So yeah. give, it, you know, give, it, give it a look. The... the the cast is strong. I mean, the, the five, the, well, the, the, the four kids, because the baby, you know, the baby's cute. But the four, <laughs> the four kids, not only are they good looking, but they can really act. And I wish that they would cast, you know, this is a freeform show. So it's like, oh, my gosh, there's something really good on freeform. All right. So give it a, give it a chance. And the critics like it. All right. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I personally... Didn't watch the original, but we get we'll check it out. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about the Expanse, and so good. I think we're just going to finish that because over the holidays, it's been weeks since we and it started over the week. Oh, oh wait, did it start? I think we might have talked about the first couple. 
but I mean, it's been weeks, something like that. I can't even remember, but let's just talk about the show as a whole and how it ended. Um, because I'm sure all of us have finished it by now. I think, I think we first talked about the first two because I wanted to let it, I wanted to milk it a little bit, but I mean, it's been a while, so I finished it. Um, I will say that the introduction of the corporate bad guy, he was so, my only negative for him is that he was so obviously the bad guy that I could tell very early, I was like, you're going to have to kill this guy. They ended up not killing the guy, which was surprising, Mm -hmm. um, because he was like, this is how civilization works. I was like, I I would have gotten a lot of joy out of his death, but... um, (laughs) He's just, he was as horrible as you would assume. And, um, I like the over, I like that the overall story of that episode of that planet pretty much gets resolved by the time you get to the end. And we resolve the Miller storyline. So I thought yes. that was actually pretty, it, it makes sense, but I kind of wish we knew, like, the Miller that's been talking to them the whole time and leading them there, I thought that was Miller, but I did think he was a little weird, but I thought that was just a combination of him, Miller's personality plus alien personality, and I thought those were kind of combined, but it was still Miller. So I did think that it was interesting that they're like, nope, that wasn't Miller at all. That was like a spy guy that was trying to get you to do the wrong thing. It makes sense, but I kind of wish that there was more clues that we could have figured that out maybe. I don't know. But overall, I thought this—I thought the whole season was great. Like beginning to end, the only thing was the election. I found that to be a bit boring with Asafarala. Like she didn't get to be in any of the action. She was just like trying to get herself reelected, and that was a little yawn worthy. But it wasn't yeah, a lot I of the story. I, Go ahead. I think that the election was was building up to what they're going to be doing next year. Mm-hmm. Um, considering the 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 where they left us with like, what was it? Three or four mega sized meteors heading for earth. Earth, Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that the the whole point was to find a a way to get her off the planet plausibly. Um, Because I don't think earth is going to be enjoying a very good day in the future. Uh, She's on, she's on um, Mars right now, right? I think she went to the moon actually. Um, and, and she's, it's like, what, how can we explain that she's off there and everybody else, including her husband is still on earth. And I think, you know, bad things are going to happen. And this is their explanation for why her character is going to continue. Um, and probably reassume being in charge again. Right. Cause probably Um, the, the new secretary general elect will be on earth and get blown up. Exactly. So darn. I think that's you said darn. You know, it was a boring way to get there. I do, I do agree with you that there probably could have been better ways to have arranged that other than with this long thing about the election. So, um, but other than that, I agree with you. I loved this season. I'm going to miss, um, you know, the, yeah, and and just you know the different the different characters that that are are you know, going to be heading out. Um, uh, you know, there, it was, there was uh, various things that I, they, I wasn't sure of certain characters that they didn't talk about this season. I'm kind of wondering where they went or if I just misremembered, you know, where they went to. Um, but overall, I thought that they really gave each little character their own spotlight and a, 
solid storyline and something that I can look forward to and follow for next year. Yeah. Uh, Greg, we didn't, kind of, oh, go ahead. We didn't know this, uh, the stuff about Naomi having a kid, right? No, that was new. That was new. Okay. Didn't we? I thought so. that she talked about it before. I don't remember it. I don't remember her ever talking about having a kid. This seemed new, like new information to me. But, well, uh, I can swear that in the first season she did. Uh, Greg, your thoughts? Uh, well, I think I mentioned that uh, I just really found like the story to be really grounded in you know reality, and I think that was the most gripping part for me was that everything seemed to evolve like it would it would if it had actually happened like. I like that, you know, all these people are drawn to Mars because Mars because there's opportunity and there's all these jobs where you can get there. There's terraforming and everything going on. And then as soon as the ring forms and you have access to all of these habitable planets, that industry completely dies and brings about a rise of of crime and corruption. And it just seems so natural. It's just incredibly good writing. But then again, you reminded me that um, the writing comes from the books. And as long as Uh they stay true to the books, then it's going to be an incredibly well-told story. Correct. All right, let's move on. I think we're saying if you're not watching The Expanse, please do. Shame on you. Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> Next up, we're going to talk about Emergence, and it's one of the shows that just came back this week. And wow, man, um, I really like the tension that they had in the episode, or I don't know if it's tension is the word, basically showing that the sheriff was just really worried about Piper and how that worry manifested and how she was just trying to go about her day, but not really like we, I like the kind of the montage of that and showing how desperate she was to find Piper. And it was heartbreaking that when she does find Piper, Piper of course is like, Oh, I got other things to do. Yeah. But you can tell that Piper still cared because she sent them a message and everything. So you could tell she still cares about them, but she thinks that what she's doing is more important. Um, but all of that was just really, that had a really good emotional resonance to it for this week. What'd you guys think? I enjoyed I it. I, I thought it was really good. I, I was, I, you know, after the short hiatus that they had, I was really happy to see it back again. I've, I've gotten to really like this show possibly more than I should, because I don't know if it's going to get picked up again. Um, but the characters are so great. I mean, when you, when you were saying how you really felt how they got uh, Joe Evans to show all the consideration and care and worry, you know, looking after Piper, what I loved was that they did that with the whole family. It's like Piper disappears, and now there are all these emotional repercussions for everybody to right. deal with. And, you know, I mean, it, it just, it was it was great. It just highlighted that what I love about this show is how all the characters interrelate with each other and, and they knit together and their, their interactions are so important. Um, so I thought this episode was great and I love the tension that it built up. I love the relationship that they're building up between her and the FBI agent. Um, and, and all of that was good. I'm, I'm really looking forward to the, the little we have left of this show. Boo! All right, Tom, your comments. I was mad because I was so. In- the thing I love about this show is they are not—they're not treading water or on an exercise bike or a treadmill. They are just—they pro- are propelling this plot forward. And mm-hmm. this is an episode where you basically split up your cast into different teams, but it still works. 
and uh, one of my favorite teams. I mean, you got the grandpa and the granddaughter, which was fun. But then you have uh, you have the deputy chief, and then you have the ex husband. <laughs> that was that was like hijinks. That to war. was awesome because and, and basically the two the two black characters of the show and it's the, the most interaction the two of them have had together. But it was it was fun, and the fact that the ex husband has to talk the deputy into doing something and basically says, well, Joe would do it. <laughs> and it's like, you know, I have a whole new appreciation for you. <laughs> oh, that was pretty but, good, yeah. yeah. But it was heartbreaking when they find Piper. And boy, Allison Tolman's so awesome. I was just talking with uh, a friend about her on Fargo season one. And it's like, you got to watch this new show she's in, an Emergence. But man, I, I was so annoyed when it says only two more episodes before the season finale. It, it better be the season finale, or you know, <laughs> ABC take note. Coming to get but you, yeah. man. Yeah. All right. But these next... showrunners, Fazekas and Butters, are the bomb. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on. Uh, next up, we're going to talk uh, Stumptown. And Ooh. this was there. They had a quick break before they came back, and it's the repercussions of the. Uh, oh God, what is the bad alibi dude's name? Um, oh, Gray. Yeah. So it's the repercussions of Gray's girlfriend leaving after we find out she lied and did all these dishonest things, and so you still got this rift between him and Dex, and so then they work all that out over a drink, it's easy, done! And I'm like, mm. I was a little disappointed in how quickly, or how, because it was awkward, and I, I enjoyed agree. the awkwardness of it. I enjoyed that yeah. they didn't know what to say to each other, because he mm-hmm. said some really harsh things to her. Yeah, he did. And so he was just like, oh, yep. we'll just have a drink and it'll be fine, and I'm like, mm, I'm not sure that's how relationships work. No, um, I think they missed an opportunity for even more character development and like strengthening their relationship. Right, I agree, and I think also Gray realized that he's kind of he into was a her. Douche. Well, yeah, he knew he was a douche, but he also realized he was kind of into her. But then it looks like she's with the cop, and he doesn't know where he stands, and so he's awkward for uh, several reasons. So I get all that, but I was really disappointed in that resolution. And then they do a flashback with Dex and the cop, and you find out she's like, I'm not ready for a relationship. Which is true, she's not ready for a relationship. Mm-hmm. But it did, did make me sad for cop dude who's, I'm blanking on his name. Michael Ely is the actor's name. I know the actor, but I can't remember his name. But anyway, uh, it made me sad for him. But I agree with Dex, she is not ready to be in a relationship yeah, she at isn't. all. She is not emotionally available, so... That was a good I mean, call it, on her part. It's only the middle of the first season, and she like already had that growth, which is fine. But I hope it's not a trend for them to kind of like, you know, gloss over a whole bunch of stuff. Because I'm the thing that makes me more invested in the show than the beginning was that I thought they were doing really good character development, and I thought that there was some complexity in the roles. But already, to me, I feel like. Starting with the bar apology, bar non-apology apology, whatever, which, you know, to me, I feel like their relationship could be a super unhealthy, you know, bad emo version of like the moonlighting kind of dynamic of like, (laughs) I like, I don't like her, you know what I mean? It's like the emo version of that and flipped because, you know, I mean, it doesn't matter. But the point is, um, 
uh, I like that dynamic. I think people like it. So, um, and, and they're doing it, you know, girl likes boy, boy, like uh, doesn't like her, doesn't know about her or whatever, but I don't think they're doing a great job with it. Uh, to me, that's one of the most interesting parts about the show. Um, and it's layered because he really likes her brother, you know, which is a nice spin and all, all of it. So uh, the, the guts are there. Um, and it's much better. It's a much better show than it was when I first started watching it, but I don't, I'm not like super keen on, I feel like they're just kind of painting with broad strokes a little bit. So, I mean, I'll still watch and whatever, but I'm a little disappointed. I think the relationship between uh, Dex and Hoffman, Miles, is is interesting because they're friends with benefits, but they don't seem to really want to go deeper than that. And obviously the flashback shows that she's not ready to go deeper than that. But it was fascinating that what do they do? They pair the two guys together. <laughs> and not only that, Miles is basically like, yeah, you're under the illusion that this is an option. It's not. That was, that it's felt douchebag, yeah. yeah. That was rough. I like that. Yeah. That was hardcore. That was hard. I mean. <laughs> so, yeah, th- I'd say thumbs up overall for the episode. Just not as happy with. The apology, not apology. Yes, agree. I thought it was the case, Dex's case of the week, at least with with Mike Epps and TK Carter. Who Mike Epps? This was kind of a rare dramatic turn for him. And TK Carter, boy, that guy's been in like Hollywood. I mean, where's that guy been for a while? But, but I thought it was an interesting storyline, and it was kind of heartbreaking that the brother takes the money instead of the relationship. Oh yeah, that's... But that yeah, I, is... love, I I like I liked that all of that. Of yeah, because yeah. they basically yeah, show he. They they showed even though he had an emotional moment, he still is the same person. He, people don't really yeah. change. So I thought that was cool. All right, well let's move on. Okay, go ahead. Reality checks don't bounce. <laughs> All right, <laughs> let's move on. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about the Good Place, and the Good Place is back, yay! But only for like three more episodes. Boo. Um, it you do feel the end coming, like you can. It feels like everything is wrapping up. Um, and I do like that. Oh, who's the bad, the guy from the bad place? What is his name? Someone help me. The, I can't remember. The not Clark Gregg guy. It, is it Sean? Sean, yes. Sean. Yes, Sean. Uh, he had me going. Cause like the first, I, what I really like was the, their first proposal to how to make a compromise he was like, so, you want this to be a compromise? I'm like, yeah, what do you think? And he goes, uh, yeah, uh, no. And so that wasn't surprising. So I really like that you're not surprised by him the first time he does it. But the second time when they do the whole elaborate thing with Timothy Oliphant, of all people, uh, which was hilarious. That was, that was the best stunt casting in a long time. Well, that I was mean, fantastic. That was so, well, one... Just listen, because she's the judge is always marathoning whatever show she's marathoning. She's always marathoning a show. So the fact that she was marathoning, um, oh, justified, justified. I was like undecided. No, <laughs> justified with Tim of the Elephant. I was making up a show. Don't worry about it. Um, the fact that she was marathoning that was not surprising at all, and the fact that she thought he was hot was also not surprising at all. I Especially feel like she mentioned him. Before in other episodes, I don't think she, just she might. She might have, but all of it totally worked. And then for him to just show up as like candy to get her to listen to them was was brilliant. 
And I thought he was just going to kind of stand there like a statue in the background. But no, he was interested in the explanation. He was like, well, how does this work? I was just wondering. And I was just like, what? It was so good. It was so good. Uh, And I think Sean actually had a lot of growth in this episode as well. I mean, he's still obviously a bad guy. But he really became more interesting in this week's episode. So, I mean, they're just... I think it ends in literally like three more episodes and I'm still blown away. This show is doing such a great job. Uh, what are your thoughts? Yusin? Yeah. Anyone? I oh, think... okay. I didn't know anyone else watched the show. I was going to give him a chance. Well, Greg just <laughs> watched the show, but Greg uh, missed it. Oh, that's right. His DVR betrayed him. So, um, I... I mean, I'm the, a great big fan of the show, and you're absolutely right. You can tell the writing's on the wall. They're moving towards that direction. So I kind of sort of feel like I don't even have a right or a desire to, like, criticize any little thing because they're just moving it to the end. They're just moving yeah. that train back into the station. So whatever they're going to do, it's fine. I mean, I'm sure we will all have opinions on the series finale. Correct. Um, Game of Thrones. So, you know, we don't want that it's to It's not going to be... So I, there's no way they could Game of Thrones this. I'm teasing. I just meant how disappointing it is. Um, so, I, I, you know, like I said, I, I think that it. I will just reserve my judgment to see how they tie it up but and, and just kind of piggyback on what you were saying about um, I, as, like the judge, am the hugest fan of Tim Oliphant in his justified role. So that was like an extra special treat. And again, I agree the way they used... Um, him and then also uh, piggybacking on the other thing that you said is I'm really glad that they are giving Sean a full arc that he isn't a mustache twirling um, villain you know it would be nice for everyone to finish up nicely which is what I think they're doing I will say this though I know I've just finished saying I won't criticize but I was super <laughs> excited <laughs> I can't help myself um, I was super excited to hear how they were going to solve the problem how are you know in terms of like what the new system would be and I was like okay I guess that was worth four seasons of waiting <laughs> I well, no, but I mean, it, it, it seems self-evident because basically they were doing the new system. Yes, that's what I mean. So there wasn't anything new about it. I was like, oh, okay, they're just going to, you know, write the ship and make it a little bit better. And so, no, I, but I but mean, again, I, not I, even that, not even the point system, like the point system doesn't matter, really. It's all about you learn from from your yes, mistakes. Yes, no, no, I know that. I get that. So, my, again, it's a very teeny tiny point. I'm, again, it didn't ruin it for me or anything, but I, like I said, I, with so much anticipation, in fact, I kept saying like a mantra in my head the last like three or four episodes. I was like, oh, I wonder what the new system is going to be like. I wonder what the new system is going to be like. And they've always super impressed me, but you are making my point for me. Is that it just kind of what what we kind of, what they were moving towards the whole time anyway. And, and for me, I the show always gives me a twist. So well, I kind we're of we're not done yet. It. it might still be a twist, I but know, I, I, know, I really I like the I'm fact that it was logical that it was yeah it was basically the answer was in front of our face and we were like oh there it is yeah so anyway let's move on uh next up we're gonna talk modern family meaning you were gonna talk modern family uh because i bailed on the last season yep you heard it i did it because i hated i've hated uh modern family pretty much for the last three or four seasons i just watched it because i always watched it and I'm like, why the heck am I still watching this show? And then somebody was like, well, it's the last season. And I'm like, it's not serialized. I don't care, like, how it all ends. 
Uh, well, that's why I wanted to talk about this one particular episode because it, it's a standalone episode. You don't even have to actually have watched the show. To, I mean, it helps a little bit because then you're aware of background, a little bit of you know the characters. Obviously, it helps to have watched a show. Um, but the, the reason why I wanted to mention it is, yes, it's the final season. And yes, the show has definitely been gasping for air the last few seasons with, a, you know, a few episodes here and there that really work or are particularly funny. But, you know, it, it's definitely time to put this horse back in the stable so that I'm fine with that. But I really wanted to mention this because uh, the show hasn't been particularly good in a long time. Uh, and this was a standalone episode. It's a whole bunch of mistaken identity. It's like, um, it's not slapstick, but in that kind of like, you know, mistaken identity, mistaken identity. Mis it's a trope, but they do it so well. And special props to Stephen Merchant, who plays the concierge. Oh, I love at the new Stephen Merchant. You will love this episode. It's outrageous. His acting and his lines are fantastic. If you don't like this episode, then you don't like Stephen Merchant because he is absolutely. <laughs> no, I'm Challenge! serious. He's okay. The middle of the wheel. Done. Watch All it. Right. Even uh, if you haven't watched it in three seasons. Uh, next, we're actually going to talk about your other show you want to discuss, which is up. Is it up Shit's Creek or just Shit's Creek? Just Shit's Creek. Shit's All Creek. right. What season um, is it? Here's a funny. It's the it's the very last. It's the very last. So here's what I'm going to say. I, I know you say number, but yes. whatever. Yeah, season six. Um, here's what I'll say because I know you want me to be quick. But I did think this was funny. Little trivia. I was watching them on um, some show. I don't remember. Oh, uh, Stephen Colbert and. Maybe. I don't know. Anyway, the point is they were talking about the show and Stephen even said, because the guy was like, can I say the, sh name sh the show's name on TV? And he goes, yes, as long as we show a graphic of the title of the show every time. <laughs> and they did it. It was hilarious. He's like, try it, try it. So the guy was like, well, my show, Shit's Creek. And then like the Chiron flat, it was hilarious. Anyway, so yes, it's just called Shit's Creek. I am so late to the party. Uh, I think most people are. It's only recently got buzz. It's only recently got um, recognition. It, it was nominated for a bunch of Emmys. Dan Levy and his dad, as we all know, Eugene Levy. Uh, Dan, though, is showrunner, writes the show, acts in the show, blah, 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 blah. It is a sweet, sweet show. Someone asked me in, you know, five words or less, you know, describe the show or how does it make you feel? And I was like, it makes my heart smile. Like <laughs> it's a, wow. it's the quiet show. You know, it doesn't, there, there are definitely some out loud laughs for sure. Um, but it is the sweetest surprise of a show. Uh, and I think it's getting traction because it's, it was, it's, it's, it's actually being shown on pop. And it's a CBC show, Canadian show, but they just dropped all five episodes, guys, on Netflix. So you can totally binge. I all did. All five seasons. My eyes all five seasons. Well, and then they, the didn't just, they didn't just drop five seasons because I watched season one of it like four years ago. Oh, okay. So then I don't know, but someone told me that they're like now all available. So I don't know if they dropped a bunch of ep series or just the fifth one. They just but dropped the, point the fifth is, one, but go ahead. Oh, no, but I think I think they just made it. It doesn't matter. I read somewhere that like a lot more people were watching it because it's now on Netflix. But if you're telling me you've seen it like four years ago. Anyway, just to finish, the um, 
the the show starts out and I hated it. I actually stopped and started it twice. And my friend insisted. She was like, I know what shows you like. I know what you're into. You got to give this a chance. All, by the third episode, and they're 20-minute episodes, I literally was like, wow, this could be great. And then I'll just close. I'll close up by saying two things. Every individual actor is fantastic at what they're supposed to do. Um, at first, you're thinking Catherine O'Hara, of course, is going to be your standout. Um, but Dan Levy has surprised me. The person who's getting no fanfare is the sister she reminds me a bit of like Cher from uh clueless and uh l from uh, legally blonde so again it's a trope but like they all do it so well so i say it's a show with a lot of heart it will surprise you and it's full of laughs the lines are fantastic um it, it, it reminds me of the first season of the good place is the last thing i'll say in that like the one-liners are i mean i would laugh out loud I would absolutely laugh out loud. It's not like the smartest show in the world, like The Good Place. We all raved about the first season, but it's got heart and really witty writing. People need to watch the show. <laughs> I did. Wa- I will just cap it off by saying I did watch most, almost, if not all of season one, almost all of season one. And I liked it, but I yeah. didn't remember to go it gets back. Better. It gets even better. It, it's, like a tr- it's like a train that picks I'm up saying, steam. And I'm saying I, I enjoyed it. So yeah, no, no, no negativity here. Yeah. No, no, I know. I'm just telling you, if you liked it, you'll be, if the payoff is great. It continues to get better. It really does. All right. Well, we need to move on. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Lost in Space, which was season two dropped Christmas Day or Christmas Eve. Can't remember. One of those two. And I was in a weird place where I was traveling, so I couldn't really watch a lot of television. I watched the premiere and was like, everything that... The first half was everything that I loved about Lost in Space. So the first half was great. I was like, oh, I love all of this. And, and then I was like, oh, Dr. Smith is still, like, around. But she's, you know, she's in jail-ish. Not causing too much trouble. Great. And then she does something horrific. And she's like, well, I could get out of prison anytime I want. So you might as well leave me out. And I was like not after what you just did why would i do that like my reaction was very much like oh you need to kill her now and the family was like oh i guess she's right since so she can get out of jail anytime she wants i guess we should just leave her out of jail and let her do whatever she wants and i was like what the i wouldn't say i wouldn't say horrific it, she destroyed their food supply which could have killed well, them she, all she was machiavellian she basically manipulated circumstances so, <laughs> I got why she did. I got why she did. I know, did but I, I'm, I'm saying but this for our, for for. for I understand our, why she did, audience. but she still she still destroyed their food supply, giving them no choice but to figure out how to get off the planet. But if that didn't work, they were all gonna die. And you, uh, look, this isn't that kind of show. So, but I'm but saying no, but, in in that situation, and, that was and, true. And Marine is slightly culpable too because Marine did not rat. Well, that's that's job. my problem. It didn't make any sense that her character would do that, and so I was just Marine's done. the one. Remember the the devil's bargain that Marine made in the pilot that we didn't quite understand right. the ramifications of came back to bite them all in the butt. So I didn't mind that. I did. I I, I I like when my leads are not necessarily squeaky clean. It's not and, about, actually. I would have liked it if they had just killed her. That would have been awesome. <laughs> I a hundred percent. I no, but that's my problem. That is a hundred percent my problem right now. I thought it was interesting that 
they did a little character rehab with Doctor Smith to make her a little bit more sympathetic. Or no, they sympathetic. didn't. I thought. Well, they they they. <laughs> we're gonna uh, uh, we're at to agree to disagree. I thought that they they basically they made her less of a mustache twirling villain of season one and made her. She's still a threat. She's still an antagonist. But you can kind of there is one point in the series where she does really try to do the right thing, and it doesn't work out, and she gets you know everybody's like you suck. <laughs> uh, Greg, your thoughts? Where do you fall on this? Um, well, yeah, I I guess yeah, I binged the entire series um, like in one sitting, and so I I can say that by the time I finished the series, I was I was left a little wanting, and. I wasn't sure if it was because um, I just forgot what the first season was about because I guess my complaint was that it just seems like it was just one disaster after another. Um, well, that or, was pretty some... much first season. First season was like yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and so I had to think back and I go, oh, that was kind of like what the first season was too. It was like getting caught in the ice and you got to rescue that, and you know, this started out with that, you know, on the ocean and then there's a spaceship and then they're, you know, in space and, you know, they've got the robots and everything. But, um, yeah, it just seems like, um, I don't know, maybe for me, the characters, you know, other than kind of the mother daughter relationship where the daughter was feeling like, you know, left out because she doesn't feel like she's the smart one, even though it turns out that Will is not the smart one because he didn't pass. Um, you know, uh, other than that, I just thought it was just kind of one, you know, impending doom right after another until the, the end of the season. And so I, I can't honestly say I'm going to tune in for a season three, if there is one. Yeah. If they don't do something about Smith, I'm out. So that's right. She makes the show un- like, I love the family and I hate her a lot. Well, you know, I mean. The problem with the first pilot of the original Lost in Space had no Dr. Smith, and that was the one that didn't sell. I understand so, that, but this is not the 60s. This is not. This is a different time period. I understand your logic that, oh, originally, the, that character is a different character than the Smith that we have. The Smith that we have, any other group of people would have killed her by now. Uh, simply because you're not in a you're in a life or death situation. What you do not need is a wild card, where you don't know. I think it's important to remember too that the original Smith had to be radically rethought and re Bingo. you know recharacterized, or otherwise they would have thrown him out the airlock. But he that's... was originally a serious villain, and they had to mm-hmm. turn him into this you know fumfering little cowardly guy who who was weirdly lovable and right and they made him lovable they haven't done that with d- this dr smith i don't love her at all i want her dead and they haven't <laughs> made her i don't what? understand i don't understand why the family keeps her around at all she has no redeemable value so they haven't made her a lovable, frumpy kind of side character that everyone just kind of laughs at. She's not that. She is 100% a threat. Why is she not dead? And they have the only way to make, because they have whatever the formula is to make that work, they haven't figured it out. So Maybe that's the season three uh, 
Well, be, maybe that could be the season three arc. Them figuring out how to make her likable. I'm I'm already like the writers know, figuring out how to make her. Yeah, likeable. they haven't done it, and I think it's part of it is the actress. I really. The way she's playing this character makes me want to shoot her. Like, I don't understand why other people haven't done that yet. So I have to say, I have not seen the second season yet. And what you're, ta- what you're talking about in this broadcast, in this podcast, makes me not want to see it at all. Yeah, that's about right. Um, so I haven't finished the season. I didn't finish it because I couldn't. Oh, you didn't st- finish? No, I couldn't stand looking at her. She just she just made me just angry, like uh, so I can't I can't watch the show with her, and I, that makes me sad because I love everybody else. I like well, every, all the other characters. If it, if, well, if it makes it any better, she she really takes a backseat to, you know. There's another villain. There's another villain who emerges. Yeah, who knows what uh, the mom did to get her son on board, and he's in play. Uh, for this season, so oh, Libby, you didn't get that far, did you? Yeah, Probably you might. Wanna, yeah, you might oh, want to continue. It's, yeah. It's, yeah, that's that's a it's a good that's a good real big bad dynamic there. Okay, yeah, he's 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 worse than Smith is. Does she act? Is she actually useful? She tries to be. <laughs> that's a no. Yeah. <laughs> No, she, she she literally does try to do something to help them. I, I don't want to spoil it. You need to. Okay. Yeah, uh, if you haven't seen the second half of the season, you, you kind of haven't. They they do try to soften her a little bit during the second half of the season. So. All right. Well, let's move on. Next up, we're going to talk about For All Mankind. And uh, we haven't talked about it since I think it premiered and we maybe since saw the pilot. Yeah, I think we talked about the pilot and really not much else. And I'm not quite done. I think I have like one episode left or something. It's, it's, I'm close. I'm like, I, I'm pretty sure I've watched nine or ten episodes. Uh, so basically where I am. So let's just talk about to where I am. <laughs> so I don't want to get spoiled. Um, I'm at the part where they started doing time jumps. Which was actually really interesting. They um, they finally landed uh, on the moon, and then they found ice. And once they found ice, they were like, "Okay, we're gonna put a base." And then the Russians put a base down, and then they had a problem with the shuttle, so they couldn't get people up to relieve the people on the base. And so the guys on the base are starting to go nuts. That's pretty much where I'm at. Um, oh. You haven't. Have you seen when Ed gets an unexpected guest? Ed, who's Ed? Which one's Ed? Ed is the lead guy, um, the dude from. Uh, well, he was on the base. The last time I saw him, he was. He's still on the. He's still on the moon. He gets an unexpected guest on the moon. Yes. <laughs> no, you haven't gotten there. Yet? I have not gotten to him. His oh, unexpected dude. guest on the moon. It well. Who else has a moon base? The Russians, obviously. Unexpected guest? <laughs> it's a trip. <laughs> well, oh, that because then they could defect. That's actually brilliant. Because it's well, hard. If I was just thinking, because it's hard to defect from Russia if you want to, I'm but if you're on the moon, the epi- it's, it's, I'm, I'm, all I'm, I'll tell you, it's a great episode. And I'm like, because Ed's kind of. He's kind of stirk crazy to begin with, and then there's some bad stuff going on in this. The boy, 
you're you're more than a couple of episodes from the end. Oh, I am. Okay, but I'm yeah, thorough, the thing is, I found that I couldn't really binge it. It's like it's oh, so I, dense. It's so dense I that could and I did no some something happens on Earth that there's a question about whether what do we tell people? We don't tell them anything. Oh, I I can't say anymore. You have to catch up. <laughs> okay. I'm thoroughly still like this is the only Apple TV show that I okay. am just like wow you, you, this is amazing. You did see where the one dude was losing it and yeah. and the black woman basically breaks her arm so the two of them can go back. Oh yeah, I saw the beginning of that. Like they were doing the "What's up, Bob?" or "Hi, Bob" thing, and hi, they, Bob. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. man, I was like, you guys have lost it. Like that, that's the that's the name of the episode. No, the one dude does lose it. Yeah. They, well, the I mean, that's the whole thing is they are supposed to test these people like for for a long mission that, you know, is going to last a certain amount of time. You're supposed to give them all these tests, but they put astronauts up who were used to just going on a mission that's only like a week, you know, and so they didn't test these guys for this really long period of time being in close quarter, close quarters with no escape in one episode of bob new art <laughs> that's insanity over and over with i them know playing the different roles oh my god <laughs> uh you didn't finish the episode uh no apparently not <laughs> oh my god sorry so much you have a lot more to go <laughs> well i will keep watching i'm i'm gonna keep watching because i okay. think it's fantastic and this is the, for no, me it's, it's... this is the high budget high concept show that Apple TV needs to establish itself to be like yes. we're different. And this is more... how, what we can do. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's move on. Um, I'm giving it thumbs up. Both way of them. up. Uh, next up, we want to talk about Dracula, and this is a show on Netflix by Stephen Moffat. And I think it's only what three episodes total, but I only watched the first yeah. episode. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, it's three episodes. Like like the same thing that they did with Sherlock. Three episodes. Yeah, and Jekyll and all those shows. So the thing that... One, I'm not a big fan of horror. However, shows about vampires usually don't do anything for me. Like the gore and all that doesn't bother me as long as it's like vampires. However, I will say the opening sequence when they show this guy giving his report. He's talking to these nuns and explaining his story. And they're like, a fly landed on your eye. And he's like, what? And then the fly like goes under his eye and behind it. And you can see the eye, the, the fly moving around behind his eyeball. Oh my God. That was the most like gross and disgusting and disturbing thing I've ever seen in my life. And then he was like, oh, did I get it? And they're like, oh yeah, it's gone. And then you can tell that they were like freaking out. And I was like, what the heck is this? And I loved how they did it. It was so good and so disturbing. And it set the stage for, like, the rest of the episode. And what cracks me up is it starts off like almost any other horror film where, like, an innocent person arrives at a mansion and there's obviously something wrong. And in modern day, uh, if you as a person get to a mansion and stuff is super weird... And the guy that owns the mansion is all like, uh, you were supposed to only stay for a day. They're like, oh, you're going to stay for a month. And you're like, what? 
like in modern day, you'd get an Uber and leave. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but because a little hard to get an Uber out right, of right, right. Transylvania. Even 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 if you're in the wilds of whatever, you still would have figured out it because the guy was giving you so many clues that bad things were about to happen. Like just little remarks he was making. He was like, "Oh, I was joking." I was like, "No, you weren't." Like you, you, the bad vibes you normally would get that would tell you get the heck out of the house. Like he was getting them, but because of 18th century or 18, he was 1890s, 1890s. So um, 17th century, whatever. 19th century. 19th century. Thank you. I'm going the wrong way. Uh, just because of the, the, the etiquette back then, he couldn't do any of those things. Cause he had to be polite and his politeness a hundred percent got him killed. Um, and it was, and, and I loved in the first episode, especially like, uh, he gets someone, you know, the person gives him the help us message and he's like hunting and searching to try to find the person. And they're like, well, why did you do that instead of just trying to leave? And he was like, well, someone asked for my help. I had to give it. And like, he says it with such honesty and humility and everything. I was like, oh, this guy's a real good guy. And it's just like you, you get the whole story, you see how it all unfolds, and you get to that part where the people are all in, a, in boxes. I was like, oh my god. It became like a zombie movie for a second, and it just sort of changed genres, and it just, it felt, and I have to say, the biggest thing for me was the tension where Dracula shows up at the nunnery. And they're like screwing with him, like, "Oh, you can't come in. You're uninvited." And ha 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 ha. I was gripping my chair so hard. Uh, that's the thing I think this show does really well. It's just tension. Um, even it's I wasn't. I wouldn't say I was scared. There weren't any jump scares or anything like that. It was just the way this dread that they fill you with. They did such a good job with that. So for me, I give it a hundred percent thumbs up. Like I, if your heart can stand it, it, it it's it does a really good job. Uh, what did what did you think, Allison? Um, I would not give it a hundred percent. I was a lot more critical about it. I'm really familiar with Dracula the book, various permutations of it on stage, on film, on t- in TV miniseries. And um, this, everything that they did was kind of their Jekyll-like take on pretty much what's in the book. Um, It's it it was by the numbers for most of the the first episode, with the exception of you know little twists that they did. One of which apparently I didn't even realize was a twist. I just thought, oh well, that's an interesting take on that character. And then I found out that there was supposed to be some big crazy twist that they 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 told the critics not to talk about. And I'm thinking it really wasn't that amazing. I figured it out within about five seconds of the character being present. Um, but you know, the, there's, they, they have a tendency, both Moffat and Gaddis to write twists into things and, and use variations on stuff that they think is really super clever. And sometimes it is, but sometimes it, they think it's a lot more clever than it actually is. And I think that the series suffers, <coughs> excuse me, from that a lot. There are, they're just so taken with themselves and it, and it shows so much. And so there are moments 
where I agree with you, the tension was there and, and there were bits of characterization that were interesting and things like that. And certainly everything that they did with Harker at the beginning was, was a really cool take on the character. Um, so I thought that was nice, but you know, and then, and I, you know, having seen the whole thing, I will say that there is another twist that comes that I didn't see coming, which is really pretty impressive. Um, and, and I won't get into that, but it's that, that I, I was, I was very pleased with what they did there. Um, but they, you know, again, because I've seen the whole thing, I know that they have a problem with sticking the landing and that problem continues with Dracula. Um, I'm not going to give specifics, but you know, you get through this whole thing and whatever you thought came before the ending is going to be a little, mm, eh. Um, so yeah, it's, 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 it's kind of a mixed bag for me. I think that it reminded me very much of what they did with Jekyll in both good and bad ways, because some of it is very clever. Some of it uses the characters in a really fun twist that, that I didn't see coming. And in other ways, it's just too clever for its own good, too, too invested in doing twists to make it, you know, consistent character-wise yeah okay that's pretty much my feelings about it and i also wasn't thrilled with their casting of dracula he was was all right he didn't he didn't impress me so much as the story i thought worked better but let's move on we got two more shows to talk are you saying he sucked oh no i'm not (laughs) saying that i was not saying that all right next up we're gonna talk about the season finale of the mandalorian and uh, <laughs> Baby Yoda got. I, I have now watched the show three times. The whole thing, almost because I went to my I went to my sister's house, and she didn't have Disney Plus, so we sat there and watched. I watched it with her and her boyfriend. Then I went to my mom's house, and she wanted to watch it, so I watched it with her. Um, and I say uh, on repeated viewings, what I've noticed is that the baby Yoda gets more inclined to violence because that baby witnesses a lot of violence. So when you get to the finale and the baby chokes out, uh, what's her name? I forgot her name. Cara Dune. Uh, yeah. When he, when the baby, when baby Yoda chokes out Cara Dune, like that should have been expected. Like that baby's been watching Mando just slaughter people. And so that's normal, right? You know, you just choke somebody out. That's that's total normal behavior. <laughs> and then when the baby's like riding on the uh, thing with the road with I eleven G eleven IG eleven or whatever, uh, and the oh, baby's like the baby's like wee as, as all those stormtroopers are being killed. The baby's got the hugest yeah, smile adorable. on his face. It's great. And I was like, wow, this baby thinks that all of this is normal. You know, all that violence is normal. Um, But I did love how it ended, and I love the introduction. Well, it's not really the introduction, but the introduction in Mandalorian of the the Black Saber. The Dark Saber. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Uh, And so I actually am now, well, I'm actually watching uh, Clone, Clone Wars. I'm watching Clone Wars because they actually bring the Saber out in that. And then later on, you get it in Rebels. So I'm trying to watch it from the uh, beginning. Chronological order. Yep. So what did you get? Yeah, me you know, too. 
What'd you, you guys know there's think? A suggest- you know there's a suggested viewing order for Clone Wars, which is not the air. The, the I, I don't care as much about oh, that, mainly because that, I'm it, it, I'm not watching them. I'm not watching them all. I'm only watching the ones I want to watch for, uh, okay. for Clone Wars. I'm watching all of Rebels because I love Rebels. But Rebels I'm only, is great. I'm only watching Clone Wars, and I'm like, oh, is this episode important? Okay, I'll watch this one. Like, I'm doing that. Taika Waititi blew it out of the park. Yeah, for the finale? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, I thought the the finale was by far the strongest episode that they had. The last two, really, I think, were head and shoulders above the other stuff because really they were doing finally what they should have been doing the whole episode, which is getting the gang together and and you know defeating the bad guy. And so I I really enjoy that because you finally got that interaction between the characters and bringing in who you know the main threat is going to be. And I just thought everything about the finale was really well paced and and just all the characters got a little chance to shine. And I I really enjoyed what they did with that. I just wish the entire season had been more on that level because for the rest for the rest of it it was mainly it was the baby yoda show if if you like the baby yoda that's great because there really wasn't anything else at least for me to recommend it but the last two episodes they started to really you know bring up their game and so i'm hoping that maybe next year there's going to be more of that well i I think think i i I would imagine that they anticipated a great interest and and that it would do well, but still, I think it's been proven to them now. So I am exactly thinking what Allison or hoping what Allison said, which is, I really hope that they invest now in a. I want more or longer episodes. I said this to you, Olivia, yeah. and I really feel like I'm cheat. I was cheated. This is not a comedy. I do not want it to be half an hour. It makes no sense. You know, forty minutes, forty five minutes. Um, that's the other reason why the finale worked because it was about 45 minutes um 46 something every minute counted to me so um i really felt like it you know they do a series with six episodes even limited four that i would much rather have had uh six instead of eight episodes and make those episodes longer because then they probably could have done a little bit more of development you know in uh, in each episode uh and I, we wouldn't have had to have filler episodes you know even two filler episodes is too much in an eight episode 20 30 minute you know episode show so uh i'll just parrot and then i'll be done with what you know what is the obvious taka watiti should be directing all of them he obviously has a hand in them even the story yep. tropes even the tropes worked for me that whole terminator in lava self-sacrifice thing like that i got choked up it's not like we haven't seen that a million times and as far back as terminator but i was like i don't care i'm feeling this so like Uh, You know, he knows how to direct a scene. He knows how to wring out emotion. He knows how to bring up the tension. Um, You know, they've got the money. It's freaking Disney. Like, you know, if Taka doesn't (laughs) want to, you know what I mean? Like, put your money where your your mouth is. Yeah, put (laughs) your money where your mouth is. You know, I don't pay for Disney Plus, but still. (laughs) My my point is this, and I'll finish. If if he's too busy because he either doesn't want to or he's got big fancy schmancy feature-length films to direct... John Favreau has to get in there. They have to. Not that all the directors were bad. What? Or Deborah Chow. She did episodes three. Yes, I was just going to say. Not that they were all bad. Deborah Chow was excellent. Also, they and I don't need a new director for each one. I feel like they were disjointed both narratively and directorially. So, like, you you can't. The the way that 
the, the way the television works. drama works, yeah. it, it's very difficult for a director to direct two episodes in a row. Yeah. Because <laughs> the, the, the Director's Guild rules are seven-day prep, eight-day shoot. And then right. after you do it, after you do an eight-day shoot for a standard network drama, you have to do post-production on it. But this when isn't you... standard network drama, so like they can make up the rules. They've got like six months or no. a year to give us what? No, six, but, but you, you, no, they can't do. They, they, they no, they can't do it like that. Yeah, but I think you, that it goes to the showrunner because it's the showrunner who sets the tone and, and says this is how it's going to look and Correct. blah blah blah. So Fair I think enough. I think that the showrunner really needs to take firmer control. Fair well, enough. That, yeah, those are fine. But someone needs to take control. Whatever they do, no more Bryce Dallas Howard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. I was, let's talking, to, I was talking to somebody yesterday who didn't know who directed what episode, but he just said that episode where they went to the town that was terrible. It's like yep. that was Bryce. <laughs> that, that was Opie Junior directing that. All right. Well, let's move on. <laughs> let's let's move on. Uh, I think we're all saying we really enjoyed that finale. It got us everything yes, we, we did. wanted. And we're yeah, looking fantastic. forward to um, we're looking forward to now. Oh, Greg, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, there's a quick comment. I just wanted to say that yeah, in that short episode, I, I would have enjoyed more Ming Na Win. Um, yeah, you know, sure. You know, before the she'll end. be back. Sure. She's not dead. She's not dead yet. All you right. Cast Ming Na a killer in one episode. Nope. All right. Let's move on. Uh, the last thing we're going to talk about in the podcast is The Witcher. Uh, Woo. <laughs> So that dropped over Christmas, and I finished it very, very quickly. And I will, most people. I will have to say the biggest complaint I've had from people watching it is that they're that it's confusing. And the first yeah. couple episodes, I can see that it doesn't really start to solidify till episode three or four. That's when it all, where you start to see the threads come together and you start to understand the bigger picture. So. Yeah, and you can tell what time period you're in. Goodness. Yes, yes there's that. Yeah, I mean, I didn't need to cheat. Go ahead. I wasn't confused until Libya texted me and said, hey, did you figure out the time thing? Like, oh, <laughs> oh but so the time thing was that? so confusing that you didn't even know there was a time thing. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Something like that. Hey, I did Yasuke and toss a coin to your witcher. Oh, Valley. Oh, Pinch. no. Don't no, <laughs> get that song out of my head. Into the new It's a Small World. I swear to God. <laughs> Gets out of my mind. <laughs> There's only I one like, part of the show. Only one. I like what a critic on NPR said this morning about The Witcher. And she said, you know, the thing I love about The Witcher, it's kind of trashy like Game of Thrones never was. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, I, I just, I want to say a few things about the language. I, I said this to Libya, and I thought at first, then they did it less. So I'm not wrong because I, 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 you know, I talked to someone else who had binged it like I did. And that is the other thing is I binged all eight episodes. Um, and uh, and so, you weren't the well, only I, one, girl. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> like um, no, no. I'm just saying that like it, 
it's what all I'm saying is that I, I was consistent so I could kind of see, you know, in terms of the language. The fir- I actually didn't like The Witcher at first. I, it took me three tries to get through the uh, the premiere, the, fir- the first episode. And um, like everyone else or most people, I didn't understand the time thing. And I didn't need a cheat where like the Chiron comes on and says, you know, blah, 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 blah. Three years later, 40 years. I didn't need that. But I do think I could have handled that a little bit better. But the reason I forgive them of that is because they brought it all together very nicely. Yes. Um, And and then even did the repeat of what we saw, which I think was kind of necessary just to confirm for all of us to be like, did I solve the time thing or did I not solve the time thing? Like, you know, once I saw that they were repeating it and I thought, okay, I got it. I, I understand everything. So um, and and not understanding it isn't a terrible thing, but it was actually a little bit more difficult for me to get into it. So in that term, in that sense, the time thing wasn't great. Here's what I'm going to say. The, when the woman, when the girl, when he first got into the village and that girl was said, just saying, I was like, wait a minute. I was like, what show am I watching? And I thought for a moment, I was like, is this going to be a comedy? I was like, well, I don't understand what's happening. Um, and then someone used something else and they used the word abortion, which uh, like a lot, which seemed in, in, in song even. And I thought that was a little anachronistic. So I get it. It's sort of an irreverent show. And it's if someone argued to, with me that it was like a fantasy show. So all bets are off. And I was like, nah, but you know, people are talking in relatively the cadence and the speech and, and the whatever the syntax was all sort of that old ye English or Scottish or Irish. They kept changing up the accents, which I thought was kind of interesting and fun. Um, so uh so for me i didn't love the show in the beginning but i will say this and then i'll stop talking um uh i didn't love uh the uh henry cavill's um uh voice that voice. Batman, uh, is batman terrible and and it goes against what i loved about henry cavill at the beginning of his career and once i watched all of the episodes i saw okay those are there are the eyes the eyes have come back he used to do a lot of eye acting for me. And like, you know, I could I could see the emotion behind his eyes. I'm talking about in the early his early career. Um, and it was really empathetic and it was emotional. It was passionate. And somehow the voice that he was giving us also to me deadened like, you know, a lot of his acting. And I thought he was concentrating too hard on keeping his voice low. So I was like, dude, you need to do some more acting, even if you're giving me the stiff upper lip, you know, oh, watchers don't have emotions, which he tells us isn't actually true it's in a bedside condition professional um so but the show i genuinely got to really like towards the end um and i want to say this emerald city which wasn't a great show uh that died on the vine and um was a network show it was it was shot way better i thought it was beautiful i thought the colors that they used in emerald city i thought the cinematography was much more visually interesting this was like a cheap weird version of of Game of Thrones, not not the show, just the visuals for me. Um, so it's kind of a little lackluster. The costumes are lackluster. The visuals are kind of lackluster. Um, so, and to me, it was like that middle section was very Lord of the Rings, you know, meets, you know, so the whole show is a mishmash. It's like Lord of the Rings meets, you know, Hogwarts meets what I like. It just was, it's a bunch of shows. So it's a little bit of a pastiche, but I don't hate it. And I am very much looking forward to the next season. Yeah, well, hopefully they'll have a bigger budget. I think the budget was a problem with this one because they didn't have the resources necessary to put together the kind of show that it needs it to be. like it. Yeah, yeah. It like and that's that's unfortunate too because you know the the costumer is actually a fantastic costumer, and I've I've seen uh-huh. a display of costumes, um, just you know out 
of context of the movie. And when you can actually see all the details, they're pretty amazing. It's just, you know, they had very little to work with. And uh, this person also is the one who did uh, Black Sails, where the costuming was spectacular. Oh, no wonder I love the costumes. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, but they're, they're doing a lot with very little. And hopefully next season, because it is such a hit, they'll have more to work with budgetary wise. So I love me some costume porn. <laughs> yeah. Oh my yeah. God. Me too. And the thing <laughs> like, is, I'm not saying. I want wait, 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 guys, before we get off, before we get off topic, <laughs> guys, guys, before we get off topic, I want uh Greg, do you have any comments before we wrap this up? Uh, no, no, only that, uh, yeah, pretty much. Uh, yeah. The same thing that's been said with the, with the whole time thing was a little confusing. Uh, I also had to watch, um, the series with subtitles because a lot of, <laughs> yeah, the proper names of towns and people's names were, were really confusing. Uh, and so it really helps to do that. Um, and I, and, um, I, I think the biggest payoff for me was the magic fight. Um, you know, uh, yes. yeah, I mean, that was, that was really awesome. Uh, the, you know, uh, what, what are they called? The, the, they're not called wizards and things, but they the mages. mages, yeah, the mages, yeah, the, the battle of the mages, uh, which is really really cool. Uh, to the point where when you finally get to the end and the Witcher and the girl finally meet, I was like, oh, okay, great, <laughs> really, okay, <laughs> finally got together, <laughs> wonderful. Yeah, totally. It was a little anticlimactic. It was. You're right. That's hilarious. Yep, totally. All right. Well, let's 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 wrap that up. So I think we're still overall saying thumbs up, and you should thumbs give the Witcher. Sure. Toss, a, toss a coin to your Witcher. That's what we're saying. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I bought the video game. Oh, because, you know, just because of the show? Oh uh, well, you did tell me. You, no, uh, it's 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 a book series and a video game. It series. is a video game. I will tell yeah. you this: just start with Witcher Three, man. Witcher Three. Well, is... that that's all that's available for PS4. So I okay, have a cool. Well, yeah, Witcher Three is the best game, and it's actually a really good playthrough. All right. Uh, so if you guys have any questions about apparently video games if you have any questions or comments send them to tvcampfire at gmail.com follow us on twitter or on facebook listen to us on getthepointradio.com Krypton Radio We Novelists and iTunes and we'll talk to you guys next time bye 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 bye